0: Talking about the fact that when I make Matthew a promise, I better keep it. If I don't keep it, he even calls me a liar. You lied to me, Daddy. You should have. You said we would do this, this, or this, and that got me to thinking about the power of promises. How does our spirit respond when somebody makes a promise to us? Right, when somebody we care about promises we're going to do something, we start to look forward to it. It it lifts our spirit even as we're faced with all of this quarantine and having to do church by the car and pandemic challenges and all those things, the one thing that I have needed, personally speaking here, is what day do we get to move back in the right direction? Maybe you can relate to that, right? And so if they tell us May 1st or May 15th or May 30th, or, you know, they can't promise that yet. They haven't promised that yet. But, you know, it's, it's the if somebody could tell us July 1, the world would look kind of like it did a couple months ago, then we can gain, we gain hope from that. It kind of lifts our spirit somehow, like, okay, good. Then I can just deal with these circumstances until then, if you just give me the promise of a day where it returns, right? So promises have that power. They give us something to look forward to, but it encourages our spirit. It encourages our heart. It lifts our hearts And if that's true, then when a promise is broken, the opposite is also true, right? When somebody breaks a promise, it does something inside of us too. It crushes our spirit on some level. In the same way that the hope that comes from a promise gives us energy and life and patience and energy to move through, breaking the promise does the opposite to our very soul. So, we're going to look at an ancient promise this morning in Ezekiel because one thing is true. The one person who keeps all promises all the time is God. And so, when God makes us a promise in Scripture, it can be trusted, right? It can give us hope, it can encourage our spirit. We can look to a day when, because if He makes the promise, we know it'll be true. So, just a little historical context to this: Ezekiel's writing after Jerusalem has fallen; it's been they've been carried off by Babylon. They're in captivity. The city has been sacked and wrecked. And Ezekiel is making a. A comparison of God as shepherd in the same way that people called rulers in that time. They made that comparison. They called their king or their leader shepherd and the people sheep. And Ezekiel's drawing from the same analogy and referring to God as the shepherd. So turn me to Ezekiel 34. And we're going to look at this promise together. Ezekiel 34, 11 through 15. For this is what the sovereign Lord says. I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so I will look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on a day of clouds and darkness. I will bring them out of the nations and gather them from the countries where I will bring them to their own land. I will pasture them on the mountains of Israel, in ravines and in the settlements in the land. I will tend to them... Tend them in a good pasture, and mountain heights of Israel will be their grazing land. There they will lie down in good, amazing land, grazing land. And there they will feed in rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I myself will tend my sheep and have them lie down, declares the sovereign Lord. So what is he doing? He's calling them out. In verse 11, he is calling Yahweh shepherd. Yahweh is saying, go tell my people, I will be their shepherd. I will tend to them. I will look after them and seek their welfare. When it says, I will care for them while I am with them, he's basically saying, I will seek for them to flourish. For the people of God to flourish, to grow, to prosper. And they're hearing this prophecy, this message, this promise while Jerusalem lays in ruins and people are carted away into captivity. And so if you can imagine, as I was talking about with promises, to hear the promise of the Lord that there will be a day where they will flourish again. Where he makes the promise that sounds a little, it rings a little different in my ears as I read this. He says, I will gather them from where they've been scattered. That phrase—I don't know about to you, but to me, that phrase has a whole new meaning in the in the in the in the midst of pandemic, doesn't it? That we've been scattered to our homes and confined to our homes, and we have to—but we we're gathered this morning by car, at least a little bit. And so, when I read this promise, I hear we've been scattered, and I hear the promise of God to bring us back together again someday. Yeah. to bring us through this and to tend to us while we're in it. In fact, he says they were scattered in a day of darkness. And if, and if coronavirus is not a, is not days of darkness, I don't know what is. So this promise has some interesting impact for today. I will gather them again in verse 13. They've been, we've been scattered for two months. Verse 14 and 15, then he says this. They will lie down You could say, I will give them rest. I mean, it's shepherd imagery. So he's saying, I will gather my sheep again, and I will bring them to a place where they can rest and prosper and be together in their homeland where they were before. Now, I don't know about you, but in the midst of this, that gives me hope. That promise stirs my soul. Because if anybody can keep a promise, it's the Lord. Not the promise of health perfecting. And he promises promises that an heir of David will sit on the throne. And we know who that promise is about, right? That promise is about Jesus, who will reign eternally on the throne of David. So that promise was for then... If you're hearing that as an Israelite back then when your city's been leveled and your friends have been carried off into captivity, but you hear God say that, what would that do inside your heart? Probably the same thing the promise of an end to this would do in our own hearts right now. But I think Ezekiel's promise is for us too. I think his promise to Ezekiel that he would gather his people again, that he would provide for them and tend to them and meet their needs and carry them through even after a day of darkness is a promise we can rest on now. A promise we can gain hope from today in the midst of all that we're facing. Does that mean everybody comes out safe? Of course not. I wish that were true. But it does mean that God... Promises to be with us, to tend to us, to give us rest, and to supply everything that we need as his sheep as we go through this journey together. And that promise we know is true. Why? Because he kept the promise of Ezekiel to the Israelites. Jesus did come. Jesus does reign on the throne. And so not only is the promise for them back then and the promise for God to be with us now, but we also have this promise for someday. We have this very same promise, this very same hope that he will one day gather all of the people of God again. Those that have come before us and those that will come after us and those that are with us now will be gathered again in the kingdom of God forever. And the promise of Ezekiel 34 will be kept someday too. If that is not a reason for hope in the midst of trial and hardship and despair and losing loved ones, then nothing is. But we know that if he kept the promise to them and he's keeping the promise to us now, guess what? We can trust him to keep the promise of someday. We can trust that he will gather his people from all the countries they've been scattered to. Throughout history, they'll be resurrected. And brought back together again. And he will be with them. And he will tend to their needs. In verse 14 and 15, we will be able to lay down in the new Jerusalem and have rest. So the promise is not just back then. And the promise is not just for today. But the promise is the promise that we can trust for someday. And that promise is the reason for our hope. That promise is our reason for joy. It is that promise that we can put our faith in. Because God has kept his promises. God is keeping keeping his promises. And God...